Welcome to the Kentuckian, folks. Glad to have you with us. Howdy, folks. Welcome back to the Kentuckian. Nowadays, there's a lot of talk about patriotism and nationalism and so forth. Hear those terms maybe quite a bit. It comes up in a lot of news and political discussions and so forth. We've actually talked about it now and then, but we need to address it more specifically, and we're going to do that today. Many times, patriotism and nationalism are used basically interchangeably, and that causes some serious problems that we'll discuss as we get into it. So, let's go ahead and jump on in. The first point that we want to consider today is what is patriotism perceived as, and nationalism as well. We probably realize this to a certain point, but patriotism and nationalism are often equated, especially by the left, almost always by the left, honestly, um, at least in the, the more formal way. We may sort of accept that, um, which is kind of problematic, but we don't necessarily define it that way actively. But this is a real problem, particularly because nationalism as a concept is often demonized, and there's a reason that they're connected, because nationalism is demonized, and the demonization of the term or the idea of nationalism goes almost exclusively back to the connection of nationalism with Nazism. Now, this connection of nationalism and Nazism isn't totally unreasonable. Nazi in and of itself is short for the National Socialist Workers' Party. Um, and I know that doesn't come out to N-A-Z-I. It comes from the German name for that party, just so you know. And Nazi Germany did actually have a large amount of nationalism that sort of undergirded a lot of, of what happened there. Now, we're about to get ahead of ourselves, though, so let's be careful. Um, there is that connection, but we don't want to lose. We don't want to get off track or get ahead of ourselves. And if you're you're kind of interested in this idea of demonizing a particular group, especially over demonizing a group, whether they're evil or not. And in fact, in the point that I, in the episode that I'm going to mention specifically evil groups, almost always, um, the issues with that and some of the dangers, if you'd like to hear more about that in particular, you go back to episode 16 of the Kentucky and called moral superiority and dehumanization in America. We talked about that. That's a great discussion, but that's not really where our focus is. There is danger there. Um, but from the nationalism standpoint, that's not really as relevant. It's it's relevant, but not directly. And that links back to the connection of, of nationalism and patriotism, which we'll continue to, to get into. Nationalism is usually perceived and defined as basically a love of country, a love of your country. It's the kind of USA, USA chanting wild, I support my country no matter what kind of attitude. I want things to go well in my country, and I want my country to win always. Uh, nationalism, if you were to really sum it up, is generally thought of, or define it quickly, is generally thought of as a blind or mostly blind devotion to their country when someone has a blind or mostly blind devotion to their country. That's generally how nationalism is perceived. So basically, you take na you take the wanting good for your country, and you take any moral element out of it. You take out the question of right or wrong. You just take it. You just look at whether your country is quote unquote winning. Is the economy good? Is its army winning? Is it powerful? Etc. 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 So going back to the Nazi Germany example, most of their propaganda 
had to do with making Germany great. Germany shouldn't be forced to be effectively a second class state, etc. Um, all these different things about Germany being oppressed and it shouldn't be that way. And some and and to be fair, some of their grievances actually weren't unfounded, but it was used as a motivation and a justification for the evil that they would do. Right. You have all these problems. You get people fired up over all these problems that are in Germany. You say it's not supposed to be that way. And then you blame someone, the Jews, whoever you blame. And well, to protect your country, you must, well, declare war on other countries. You must round people up of the group that's been tagged with the blame, etc. Right. So that is where the current perception, especially perpetuated by the mainstream media, by leftism, comes from the nationalism that undergirded a lot of Nazi Germany's policies and uh, propaganda and so forth. Nationalism as a term uh, and in use, in common use, is also at a resurgence in recent days to refer to basically any group that's concerned about secure borders, that's concerned about the culture of their country, etc. You'll hear terms like nationalist or far-right nationalist groups or etc., Maybe neo-nationalists. I can't remember if I've heard that or not. But that same sort of idea um, with a strong connection to, to fascism and Nazism. And that's the, that's the key point about understanding nationalism today. They Cultural manipulation, media manipulation, has basically equated the words nationalist and Nazi, or the words nationalist and fascist. And you'll hear, you may not have heard these terms a lot in news. You'll hear them a lot more if you hear news about the current situation in Europe um, because of the way that they try and frame a lot of a lot of political parties and movements in countries in Europe that, to sum it up very quickly, basically are opposed to globalization, basically are opposed to the EU controlling everything in their country, the wide open borders, the influx of, of immigrants that are destroying their countries, making them extremely unsafe. Um, and so on and so forth. And uh, that's where you hear it a lot more. You'll hear it a little bit for referring to groups in the U.S., but you'll hear it a lot more with Europe. But what we need to understand is that these definitions are overbroad, and while nationalism can have its problems, as we'll discuss a little bit later, the overbroad definition is simply referred to anything vaguely right on the political spectrum as opposed to left is simply political maneuvering to push an agenda as most honestly as most definitions of the left and right political spectrums are anyway um so it it the way it's perceived is not good and we'll get into some more details here in a minute but that is the way that nationalism as a term and as a concept is generally perceived patriotism is usually defined and perceived as uh, most often, at least in the mainstream media, being more or less equivalent to nationalism. It's almost, you might almost think of it as, as patriotism in modern American media is thought of as American nationalism. But the very idea of loving your country in any real form, particularly if it is America or other Western nations, is to leftism, to leftist, excuse me, basically Nazism and fascism. So honestly, the cultural perception or the media perception and uh, that is perpetuated about patriotism is basically that it's just American nationalism and that all of them are bad. OK. So considering how they are normally defined today, what are they really? What what is what is nationalism actually? What is patriotism actually? And of course, that's what the kind of the key or the central focus of this episode. Well. 
nationalism is a very general term oftentimes, okay? That's the first thing we should understand. Nationalism in its most general form is simply the, the putting your country first, basically an attitude, right? It can be blind love for your country, like we mentioned earlier. You're standing by your country no matter what it does. Uh, but it can also and often is something much more general and less sinister. See, the media might not be incorrect in calling some of these newer political movements in Europe nationalist. But because of their perception that they're perpetuating, that gives it a bad flavor. It gives it a bad connotation, whereas really what it is is they're actually just concerned about their country and they want to try and start putting their country first instead of instead of the European Union or instead of the UN, right? They they want to they want to focus on their people instead of doing all this stuff to to support a global world government, right? And that's not necessarily sinister. It can be, but it can't, but it all isn't necessarily. So that's one thing we should understand. So really nationalism could have a handful of definitions depending on the situation and the context. One example of nationalism is China in the 30s and the 40s. Now, you may not, you may or may not be familiar with some of the history of China during this time, but around this time you had conflict between two main factions, especially in the late 30s, early 40s at the when World War II was kicking off. You had Mao Zedong um, and his communists, so you had a, basically the Chinese Communist Party, and you had Chiang Kai-shek and his nationalists. And that's generally what they were called. They were called the nationalist, um, which, again, can be a very vague term. The nationalist, while they were opposed to the communists, didn't exactly believe the same way as, say, the American founding fathers. Now, the nationalist government was theoretically representative slash constitutional, in some ways similar to our form of government, some of the same concepts, um, but not quite the same, and in reality, Chiang Kai-shek effectively held almost all the power in the government. And I'm not going to say that the nationalists didn't perhaps do some tyrannical or messed up things sometimes, although they were not near as bad as the communists. Um, but there was a lot of conflict, a lot of civil wars, and the nationalist party wasn't... They were, they were, I guess you could say they were the good guys of the conflict, but that doesn't mean they were perfect. And um, they are nationalists has a very, very general definition. Uh, but that's one example of how nationalist is used and is really used differently than the way it's perceived today. As we mentioned before, and I'll go into a little more um, detail, the Nazis could be another example of, of how nationalism can be used. While they were socialist, as I mentioned, what Nazi stands for, the National Socialist Workers Party, um, socialism was a key uh, focus of the Nazi party in practice and in practice, excuse me, they weren't very different from the Soviet Union or other similar governments from a motivation standpoint. The, the reason to get behind the Nazis, if you will, was national pride, whereas with the communists, it wasn't. And that's really one of the main differences between the Nazis and the Soviets or other communists. And also one of the other big differences being that the Soviets were way more cruel and killed way more people, but that's not what we're talking about too much right now. Uh, so nationalism isn't necessarily bad. It is often more of just an attitude. Sometimes, depending on the situation, it can be a bit more specific and be a bit more sinister. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just 
You want your country to do well. But if you think of nationalism, or if for the purposes of whatever conversation you're having, you define it as more of a blind love for your country, which isn't always inaccurate, like I said, that's not always the correct definition, but it's not always the wrong definition, then it is quite dangerous. Dangerous. So I don't want to be unfair and say that nationalism is innately a good thing because it's not. It's not really innately a good thing or a bad thing because it's so general. Sometimes the forms it takes is bad, sometimes the forms it takes isn't. But either way, nationalism is not the same as patriotism. Honestly, as we go into what patriotism really is, you can think of patriotism as a more specific iteration of nationalism. Nas patriotism is nationalist, generally, or if not always, but nationalism isn't the same as patriotism. Nationalism is much broader than, than just the idea of patriotism. It covers a lot more things, like fascism, perhaps, or particularly Nazi fascism, right, where nationalism was one of the big motivators of it. But to understand patriotism, or we in understanding patriotism, we need to understand that it is so much more than a blind love of country. Patriotism is not the love of a government or even uh, an exact country necessarily. Patriotism is a love of a culture, of a people. Cultures have developed and existed. Peoples have developed and existed separate from a country or government to one degree or another throughout basically all of history that we have recorded anyway. Patriotism has two main parts, okay? Patriotism is wanting what's truly best for your country and doing your part to see that that happens. So this is the simple definition of patriotism. Patriotism is wanting what's truly best for your country and doing your part to see that that happens. Now, truly wanting what's best for your country is a very important to note. It's not just what someone tells you is best, right? Like, like with the Nazis. They were told, well, the best way to, to fix Germany is this, and it wasn't, right? It wasn't the best thing. It was wrong. It was evil. Well, that's not really patriotism, right? Patriotism is based off of truth. Doesn't mean every, every decision made will be perfect. We're humans. We mess up. We misunderstand. But it's based off of a desire to truly do what's best for your country based off of foundational truths established by God's word, established by God from the beginning of time, basically. Patriotism is criticizing your country when it's valid, but not demonizing it without cause. Patriotism is being able to distinguish between the government of your country and what really makes your country your country. Right? The government isn't your country. In fact, as we've seen time and time again, even on the Kentuckian, government is often completely opposed to what makes your country your country because of the organism that it tends to turn into. Patriotism is much more about loving, appreciating, being connected to the culture, the values of your country, the nature of its people, the products that it makes, its history, those sorts of things. That's what patriotism focuses on, not a government. Patriotism is wanting what's best for your country, 
meaning both preserving what needs to be preserved and updating or changing what needs updating or changing. See, oftentimes people say, well, yeah, we should update and change a country as, as you know, we grow as people, as we grow as a people, and, and we realize we need to fix things in our country. And that's all well and good. But oftentimes what's left off is preserving the good parts. Even if they don't actively go out of the way to destroy them, there is no action made to really preserve them. And that's just as problematic as anything. One, one example of this um, for Americans in particular is understanding that America, the concept of America, that make, what makes America so special, what has made it so special throughout history, what has helped it become so powerful and made a difference in the world and made such a huge impact on the world is, is that America is not directly tied to the United States federal government. That's something that a lot of Americans have lost sight of for years, unfortunately. But America is separate, and as we've seen today, in, or in the case of today, diabolic or completely opposed, diabolically, I was about to say it doesn't really work there, is completely opposed to what the United States government has become. The United States government is anti-American, and America is not innately connected with that government, even from its very beginning. The government under the United States Constitution didn't, it didn't exist when America became America. It took several years, even after the, the Treaty of Paris was signed and, and we had defeated the British in the Revolution for the Constitution to, to come into being. And we had a Constitution of sorts under that in the Articles of Confederation. And that's just one example of a patriot will understand that where a nationalist, someone who isn't really a patriot but does love their country, may be like, well, we have to stand by the government because that's what makes America, America. And you may not necessarily think that directly, but your, your actions and your attitudes may show that that's really in effect what you believe, roughly, roughly. Um, and that's, that's something that's just not really true. And there's a lot of reasons. It's not to assign blame or anything like that. There's a lot of reasons that's become common. But if we're going to be truly patriotic, we need to understand that that's not the way things really are. But all that to say, uh, especially when you think about both preserving and updating, right? Changing when changes are needed, but preserving when things need to be preserved, being active in both of those ways, it really helps us transition into the other element of patriotism, doing your part to help your country, right? Not just wanting what's truly best for your country, but actually doing something about it. Now, this isn't the necessarily the buy war bonds or save kitchen fat to build bombs, propaganda poster, you know, help the war effort kind of, of action. Although it, it could be, I suppose, at certain times. But much more, the idea of doing what you can to make sure your country stays the way it's supposed to be, to preserve what needs to be preserved, but also to, to, uh, to change and become better when possible and when needed, focuses far more on a, on a handful of other areas than direct action in the sense of supporting uh, the war effort kind of action, right? One, there's, there's four main areas I want to mention. One is maintaining and building yourself as a moral and disciplined citizen. That's that's the foundation, right? That includes religion, education, news, training, which may be physical skills, being able to support your country because you've taken taking care of yourself 
and being self-sufficient into your own hand and you're not just a lazy person that doesn't care about those things, those sorts of those sorts of things, right? Two, and this is if applicable, although it'll it is likely applicable to most people or will be in the future, raising your family to do the same, raising your family to be moral and upright citizens as well. Three, working to contribute what you can to your community, your city, maybe your state. And then four, working where you can in government directly to either affect or prevent change as necessary. So all four of those elements, building yourself up, raising your family the proper way, working to contribute in your community, and working to contribute in your government um, as appropriate and as necessary. Those are the four areas that encapsulate the most important things for a patriot to work on when it comes to action in actually making their country a better place and actually preserving what's good about their country. Okay. So now I understand nationalism better. I understand patriotism better. I, I have a better grasp on what they are, but what now? Nationalism is just wanting what's best for, is just loving your country, sometimes blindly, sometimes not. It's a very general term. Patriotism and I'll go back to this definition I used. Patriotism has two parts. Patriotism is wanting what's truly best for your country and doing your part to see that it happens. Okay, now what? Patriotism, as you likely don't need me to tell you, is not as common as you might think, as some people might think in this country. That's one of the things that I spend a lot of time on on the Kentuckian. Whether you realize it or not, I know a lot, if not most of my listeners on the Kentucky and love their country. The direction that they see the United States, that they see America taking as a country and as a people tears them apart in ways they don't even always fully understand. And this very well may be the same case even with my international listeners, as I do have a number of international listeners. But what do you do? What do you do? To, can, is there anything to be done? Everything's falling apart around us, but what action should we take? We don't want to just sit by and watch it happen. Well, the first step to overcoming any obstacle reliably is understanding that obstacle. The better you understand the true nature of a situation, a problem, the better you understand the root causes of the problem, the better equipped you are to actually overcome it. And that's what most of my episodes on the Kentuckian tend to revolve around, understanding problems at their core. Because if we understand that, then we can, and honestly, sometimes it's even easier than we would think, start to see what the solutions are. Start to see the paths that need to be taken. And I try and provide those paths too as well sometimes. But I really focus on that core understanding because that's where we lack the most. People don't understand. They can't even quantify what's going on around them and why it's happening. And that's what we're here to change. That's what we need to focus on at first, right? That's why when I talk about we're, focus on truth or Work on yourself. You have to be a moral person in yourself, or religion is inextricably connected to freedom, or what the definition, definition of freedom even is. All those sorts of things revolve at their core around understanding this problem and understanding what the real issue is. Not, not that the economy is bad, not that there's a Democrat in office somewhere, but what the real core issue is, what really makes a country succeed, what really makes a country fall. And if we understand that, then we can find the path out. Not only will, again, as I mentioned, find that path probably easier than you would think, we'll also find an accurate path. There's all sorts of, of actions that people take that do little to no good because they don't really understand what the problem is. 
And that's what we have to understand. And part of that is you have to open your mind to possibilities that in your past you may have not even considered or even actively avoided believing or considering. But you have to remember that truth does not change because you don't accept it. We must never, ever forget that. Truth is truth whether you believe it or not. And this brings us to what you can do to develop a truer sense of patriotism and make progress towards real, helpful change. And this applies really to any country, whether it's the United States, whether it's America, or whether it's Timbuktu, right? Um, that's, that's actually an ancient city. But you get the idea, right, using that old phrase. Wherever it is around the world, this, these sorts of principles will still help. Sometimes the direct application may not be as uh, directly applicable, but the principles behind them still are. And believe me, we are sorely in need of more real patriots and real patriotism in this country and honestly across the world in general. One of the keys to remember, as I mentioned from time to time, and as I've even alluded to today, is to do what you can. It is far more important to do what you can achieve rather than sit by because you can't do something quote-unquote great, ignoring the fact that most great change happens because of the relatively small actions of regular old folks. Let's briefly go through the four main areas that I mentioned a moment ago to give you some more specific application. The first point is to make yourself better as a person, morally most importantly, but also to educate yourself, keep yourself physically fit, and learn skills that are necessary or helpful and those sorts of things. It's quite straightforward. Work on yourself. Make yourself better, and hopefully the Kentuckian helps you with that. The second is to raise your family in the same way. Again, quite straightforward. Third, contributing to your community involves many different things. Some of the simplest, though, is to work to uphold morality and truth. Even something as simple as being active in church or talking with your neighbors about religion or politics, having serious, helpful conversations can make a huge difference. Developing relationships with those in your community can make a big difference as well. And fourth, working more directly in government. And I'm not going to spend too much time on this right now. This can be as simple as voting. And I know, I know you probably have a well-founded doubt or many doubts about the reliability of elections in this country. That's certainly understandable, and it's totally logical. But while I tend to agree with most people on when it comes to their doubts, that doesn't mean that there still isn't at least a little bit of good that can be done. So don't, don't disregard it completely, even realizing that there are serious, serious problems with the system. There's still good that can be done, and that's something that everybody can participate in. And there's still victories achievable. But in the meantime, above all, you might say, uh, really, not even you might say, above all, devote yourself to truth, even especially uncomfortable truths. You need to get used to thinking and working through uncomfortable truths of accepting things that perhaps you thought were even impossible 10 years ago. There are many, many uncomfortable truths that we're having to come to terms with right now. And that does not look to be changing anytime soon. And I, your intrepid host, will be leading you the the will be leading the way the best I can. Now, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Kentucky, and please share the Kentucky with others. Sharing it is is a small thing for you, but it makes a massive difference in the future of the Kentucky, and how many people I'm able to reach, how many people I'm able to help, and the content that I'm able to produce. 
the issues I'm able to address. Please remember the many ways to keep up with the Kentucky, and those are linked in the description below, uh, many of them anyway. Your support makes a massive difference, and I just want to say thank you. If you'd like to support me in a more personal way, my Patreon is linked below as well. And remember, friends, as long as you and I are doing what's right, we make a real difference in this old world. The Kentuckian, trying to make a difference one person at a time.